Welcome to the Winner Takes All podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything competition, whether it be sports, reality competitions, or who will push through them 2K STEMI checks first. If you're competing, we're talking about it. I am your host, Kevin G, and I'm here as always with my co-host, CJ. CJ, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just real excited. We've had, we had a week off. Two weeks off. We had two weeks off for the holiday. Oh, and we did do a special Bachelor preview. Bachelor Batch preview. We're going to be talking Bachelor today, for sh- for sure, Un- unequivocally. Yes. Um, We're going to be talking about the challenge. Of course. Right. We have some playoff football. Yep. That we talked about. There's just so much going on, and I'm so stoked for it. Anything happened in your life this week? Well, I got the first part of my... 2k stimmy check <laughs> oh the half the first half well, it's, the, not, the, it's not even a half it's 600 it's the 30 percent the 600 part and then when they when the house so who's gonna push it through first the house or the senate uh i'm gonna have to go with the house the house they, nancy's just gonna go in there and say just print it was ready to do this yeah. nancy rules the house with an iron fist yeah yeah it, she's just like this is what we're doing and they're like well you know she's like no get in line <laughs> And they do. I think those progressives are going to end up pushing her out like eventually. She said this is going to be her last term. Because she barely won this one. Not, If not this one, then by the next presidential election, she's done. Is what she said. Yeah, because she she barely won this one. Yeah. And AOC and the squad, they're just coming. They're like, listen, progressives are here. We're young. Mm -hmm. We're ready to make things happen. You're not doing enough for us. I mean... There, she's aging out. Yeah, it's like, it's like being a teenager at Chuck E. Cheese. After a while, you're just too old to be here. Yeah, and she's more. She's like trying to be in the middle, but like the, the progressives the, are like, that's not enough. Man. Well, she's trying to be in the middle, but the middle is moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're that's right. really that's what it is. Because like here in America, our liberal side, like the conservative liberals, would be just the the right in any other country. Right. If not the far right, our progressive side, like our quote unquote extremist side in most countries is just normal liberal. Oh, you're asking for something radical like uh, health care for all. Most developed countries have that. Oh, you want something, something like it. Yeah. yeah. You want something radical like, you know, protecting the environment. Most we already do that. Yeah. But y'all not doing that. Yeah. You're not doing <laughs> it. Yeah. So I think she's aging out. I think they're going. They're coming. That new news coming. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. And, it's, you know, things are different. And I would love to talk politics, like, in-depthly. And so check out, I don't know, in the future we might have a politic podcast where we can just talk about politics. Yep. But today we're here to talk about competition. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through foot- We're gonna go through Bachelor. We're going to go through the challenge. We're going to get your final thoughts. But first we're going to talk about football. We're going to talk about playoffs, right? But before we talk about the playoffs, I want to talk about the – not the coaching carousel, per se. I mean, everyone got fired that you expected. Gates got fired, which means they might keep Darnold. I'm, we're going to talk about coaching carousel more in depth, but you're right. They might keep Darnold, but they still got that second pick. Who knows what the Jets are going to do because they've been a tire fire for years. Yeah, so who knows what they do. Actually, I take that back. Sorry. They're not a tire fire. The Jets are in purgatory, which is actually worse because they're never bad enough to get the top pick to get the player that is going to bring them back to relevance, right. but they're never good enough to do anything of note. They, they're they perennially seven and nine. And that's tough because if you're always seven and nine, you're never bad enough, but you're also never good enough. Yes. 
And so it is what it is. But the thing I want to talk about off the top rope is my guy, Deshaun Watson. He may want out of Houston. So did you see all the reasons why? There was so many. So the tipping point. Well, the starting point apparently was the D-hop trade. Well, the D-hop trade was the starting point because nobody talked to him. Right. He found out through social media. Which yeah. That's your main dude on the team, and you are the face of the franchise with him being number two. How do you not at least communicate that, hey, we're doing this? Obviously, they don't need his or permission. Not even that we're doing it. We're thinking about doing Yes. This. Like, they don't need his permission. He's an employee. Yeah. But. But he's prob- the franchise. He's, the fa- he's the mo- your most important employee. Yeah, so you should at least give them a heads up, you know? So that happens. They play through the season. They're trash, Mm -hmm. which there was no benefit to them being trash this year because they traded all of their picks away to get Laramie Tunsil, which, okay, fine, but you probably shouldn't have gave up two first-round picks for a dude who wasn't even the best tackle in the league. Right. And then you gave up your second-rounder for David Johnson? Right. That wasn't a question. Like, that, that... the question was, I, why would you do that? Yeah, why would you do that? And you gave up DeAndre Hopkins. Like, a second rounder for David Johnson was already laughable at the time that you did it, but then you gave up DeAndre Hopkins too. You yeah. got swindled. You, you got you got bamboozled. Yes. And so then they do that. That's the season. They fire Bill O'Brien. Like we talked about earlier in the podcast on another episode, Bill O'Brien, the GM, got Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired. Yeah. So then you get into the offseason. From what I read... I. ESPN reports that Deshaun Watson has had multiple conversations with the management of the team, the CEO and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He gave them a list of GMs that he would like to see hired. He told them, I understand if you don't hire any of them, but these are the guys I think would be good to be the GM of the team. Yeah, just bring them in to talk to him. Because, you know, he's the face of the franchise. Yeah, he... He had very realistic expectations of, I am not a decider in this place. Yes. I just think these might be good recommendations, and I'd like to see you bring them in and talk to them. And realistically, his expectation was when they did their interviews with the GM, he would be able to sit in on the interview to give the player's perspective, which is not an unreasonable request. Especially because you're the most important player on the team. Yes. So what do they do? They go and hire Nick Casario. Mm-hmm. Nick Casario was not on Deshaun Watson's list. So you know what's really funny about Nick Casario being hired? They got in trouble for tampering last year when they tried to hire him. So they talked to the Patriots. They didn't talk to the Patriots. They talked to him. They were trying to bring him in behind the scenes. And the Patriots filed a tampering charge, and they won, and the Texans got fined. Mm. This year, they went through the official channels. They got approval to talk to him, and they hired him. So he's not on Deshaun Watson's list. Mm-hmm. When Desha- when they hired him, Deshaun Watson also asked, "Hey, just even if you don't want to bring me in for the whole process, bring me in for your finalists, and then like let me give you guys my idea of what I think of these guys." They didn't do that. Nope. He found out that they hired Nick through social media, just like he found out about D Hop. So. If you're the face of the franchise, you're supposed to be you're a considered a top five quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. and your team is terrible. You have your star defensive end apologizing to you for ruining another year of your career. 
Mm-hmm. Not because of his play, because J.J. Watt was stellar, like always. It was for the play of everyone around you. For him to have to apologize for ruining this young man's, another year of this young man's career, and then when you're trying to make changes, you don't bring him in at all. Nope. You don't use his input, his his wherewithal, the people he thought would be great additions. You didn't even talk to them. You didn't call any of them. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's just dirty pool. They're, uh, it's the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing. It's, right. it's crazy. And you're going to end up alienating a generational talent by not communicating. He, he might ask for a trade from what I hear. I mean, San Francisco's looking for a quarterback. So is New Orleans. I hear those those two teams are like in the top five teams that could be trying to make a play for them. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the Texans need draft picks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, both our teams have a couple. I mean, the 49ers have a higher pick than the Saints. Right, right, right. But like, and they have more picks that they could do. I think what I think legitimately is going to happen is that I think your team, the, the 49ers, I think they trade Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick or a third round pick to the Pats. I think they package that pick along with the first and they trade that and along with probably a future first to the Texans and get Deshaun Watson. I feel like that's a feasible option. I think the draft capital required to bring Deshaun Watson in is so high that I don't think either of our teams will pay it. You're mortgaging your future to bring him in. So you're looking at teams like, for example, I don't think he goes to Jacksonville, even if Jacksonville is interested, and they're probably not because they can get Trevor Lawrence. But you're talking about, I would say the price for him is three ones. Okay, you think three first-round picks? I think three ones gets them to talk. And I don't think that's the final deal. Because if it was two, think about it this way. It was two ones for Jalen Ramsey. Okay. It was two ones for Laramie Tunzel, which your 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 dumbass team did it, but it was two ones for that. It was two ones for Jalen Ramsey. Quarterbacks are the most important player on the field. Okay. I think it's three ones to get me to listen to not hang up on you immediately. And it might be more it might be four because Deshaun Watson might be the he's definitely a top five quarterback. And of the young quarterbacks, he's number two behind Mahomes. You, if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you have at least ten years of number two, number play. three. Josh Allen's really made a made a play. But my point is, is you have ten years of elite quarterback play, right? Because unlike other mobile quarterbacks, like you saw Cam fall off a cliff, Deshaun Watson doesn't rely on his legs to for value. Like Lamar Jackson is a very good quarterback, right? But when he can't run anymore, where does that leave him? You're you're right. You're right. And that's the thing you saw with Cam. He can't run anymore, and he threw more picks than touchdowns this year. And while you're right about Lamar Jackson, that's why I put like Josh Allen in there as someone that can get it done after Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, but he's an anomaly because like he came in and he wasn't accurate, and he's grown by leaps and bounds every year. You can't expect that kind of development out of everyone. Oh no, I'm not talking about everyone. We're talking about Deshaun Watson being number two. I have mm-hmm. him at number three after Josh Allen. I think I'd have Deshaun Watson number two because for him to do what he did with the players that he had around him this year was miraculous. True. You had Stephon Diggs. 
who ended up being a superstar like we expected. Mm-hmm. And Cole Beasley broke out. Yeah. And then you had that, that rookie, uh, Davis. Mm-hmm. He, and then Gabriel Davis. Then uh, Dawson Knox. So I guess he's, he's got more weapons. Yeah. I mean, his best receiver this year was Brandon Cooks, who is no slouch. Brandon but there's Cooks a reason great. that Brandon Cooks has been traded three times. I don't know if that there is. I, I feel like he just – I don't. I think Brandon Cooks is great. I thought I, he was good. He, he's not Stephon Diggs. True, true. And, well, we'll see what happens next year, though, with Brandon Cooks because Will Fuller – I guess Will Fuller will be back. Well, he probably won't even be on the team. So Will Fuller's contract expires. He's also going to be suspended for the first game or two of the season because of his PED suspension. Um, Brandon Cooks, he says he doesn't want to be traded. Fun fact, it's not up to him. And then... Fun fact, he's been traded like four times. Yeah. And then you have dudes balling out, coming off the practice squad. Like you had Kiki Cootie, but like you cut Kenny Stills in the middle of the season. Oh, but they cut Kenny Stills for his own good. You, you read that, right? No. So they cut Kenny Steele so that way he can go join a contender. But he didn't. He did. He's on the Bills practice squad right now. He's expected to be elevated if they make it through this week. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so they 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 released him as a good faith move. It wasn't a you're not worthy of being on the scene move. It was a we're not going to make you. We're not doing anything. So go find a team that's going to make the playoffs and see if you could be a contributor. So I'm assuming they did that because they weren't going to resign him at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. His contract expired. Okay, so like, but my point is, is you don't have weapons. True. Like your best running back was David Johnson. Your best receiver is Brandon Cooks, who good receiver, but I don't know if he's elite. Um, your tight ends are, you know, catch the ball and fall down, guys. Your line is finally coming together, but. Your offense is not good, and yet Deshaun Watson still led the league in passing yards. And Which I, you is can, why. But, like, you can put an asterisk next to it because they were losing a lot, so he was in catch-up mode. But he still balled out. And they were in the position to win a lot of games. I'm not really sure what the Texans can do because they don't have any picks. So yeah. they can't, like, get better there. They don't have any money, so they can't really get better there. So they're going to have to figure something out. Yeah, I, You don't trade them to Jacksonville because that's in division. You don't want to face them twice a year for the next 10 to 15 years. You maybe trade him to the Jets, but I don't think the Jets pay what it takes to get him. Right. Um, because the Jets would be mortgaging their future to get him, especially with a young quarterback like Darnold. Indianapolis. I think Indy is going to go after Carson Wentz. I think so too. Uh, I think Indy, I mean, Indy has built that team with draft picks. I think they know they're mortgaging in the future. I think it's a short-sighted move if you're not set up perfectly for this dude to hit the ground running, which is why a team like the Saints actually makes sense, except for the fact that the Saints are like $70 million over the projected cap next well, year. Yeah, my Saints always figure it out, though. <laughs> they, they always yeah, but the cap never went down before. I'm, oh, okay. That, they, still, they still always figure it out. Maybe you move like one of those defensive players. and If Drew Brees retires, you're in much better financial situation. True. Um. Another option I was thinking of is the Lions. But then that means they got to move on from Stafford. Yeah. Um, Same thing with the Falcons. They'd have to move on from Matt Ryan. Yeah. I, I I did hear that Stafford might be getting moved by, might be moving on anyway. So it depends on who they bring in. That would be interesting. There's just options there, but I don't want to talk too much about football. Let's do a two-minute drill. Let's go through each of these playoff matchups, two minutes. Let me get your thoughts. I got a stopwatch right here. All right. We're going to go down the slate from the first game tomorrow to the the last game on Sunday. We're going to start 
with the Indianapolis Colts versus the Buffalo Bills. What's the line on that game? Six and a half for Buffalo. Buffalo's six and a half favorite. So right here on ESPN, it has the ticket price. If you're looking to go to the Buffalo Bills game, um, tickets start as low as $10,852. Or roughly the cost of two PS5s. <laughs> two PS5s? Two PS5s. Two PS5s, $1,000. Is it though? <laughs> yeah. I get yeah, I guess Christmas pass. It's ten thousand dollars. My 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 buddy James used to um rate things in in Kias that it would cost for him. <laughs> this is this is literally one full Kia. Yeah. That's how much this would cost. Man. All right, so I'm starting the clock. CJ, tell me your thoughts. Let's talk about this game. Go. So the Colts are in the playoffs. They're a team that is good at a lot of things but great at nothing like can you think of do you have any fond memory of this Colts team from this season other than uh Naheem Hines doing a double backflip round out when he scored a touchdown uh Jonathan Taylor really coming on at the end of the year that's kind of it but was that more for what he did in football or what he did for your fantasy, fantasy team? team exactly so the Bills have been rolling this season like it's the back half of the eviscerating season. teams what they did to Miami in week 17 was not funny. So, uh, future wife, Jake Wellen, friend of the podcast, she went to dinner with her family, and there was a family friend there who is a Dolphins fan, and he was complaining about what the Bills did to the Dolphins that night. And I was like, I told her, I was like, he's lucky I wasn't there, because I would have said, you sound like a boomer, because you're sitting here crying. If you wanted to not get embarrassed, then don't get embarrassed because the Bills scored 28 in the first half with their starters. They also scored 28 in the second half with their backups. And that was Matt Barkley out there getting yes. it done. Throwing bombs to Gabriel Davis. Yeah. Not only that, the Bills' last loss was the Kyler Murray Hail Mary. That was yeah. the last the game Hail they Murray. lost. Yeah. They have been smoking people. Their defense was screwed up in the beginning of the season and has since come back, and they had one of the best defenses in football Tredavious last White year. Tredavious White is amazing. Yeah. The Bills, I think, are the only team that can beat the Chiefs. And I think they can beat the Chiefs. I think they can beat the Chiefs. I, and I don't mean in the AFC. I mean, period. I think they're the only team that can beat the Chiefs. Josh Allen rolling. Stephon Diggs rolling. Yeah, but it's the defense that is going to keep them in it. Yeah. So I think the Bills win. I think they win big. I think they win big, too. I'm picking the Bills for this game. I'm picking the Bills, too. All right. Next game we got is Rams versus Seattle. What's the line? Seattle's a three-point favorite. And they're at home, which really means... Vegas thinks it's a toss-up. Okay. So, starting with the Rams, the Rams are going with the backup quarterback. Have they said that officially? No. Sean McVay said he'll let them know right before game time. But I think I don't think Goff is ready to go. I don't think he's ready to go either because they were saying that he was throwing this week. But dude had thumb surgery last Tuesday. I don't, yeah, I don't think he's ready. He also saw the same specialist that Drew Brees had to see after he broke his thumb from Aaron Donald hitting the top of Aaron Donald's head. Um, I don't think he's ready to go. So the common denominator in these broken thumb hand issues is Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, it's his fault. Yeah. All over the place. Even though he was nowhere near golf at the time of injury. Still his fault. He was there uh, on the sideline. He was in the vicinity. Yeah. Um, Their running game. Their running game is a mess. I think Cam Akers is still out. Uh, Cam Akers is eligible to play, but he's com- he's still playing with a high ankle sprain. Daryl Henderson, who was their best running back the first half of the season, is on IR. Malcolm Brown is a perfectly average running back. Yeah. Um, 
Cooper comes back this week, though, because so, he had COVID. So we'll see what happens. Their offense didn't score a touchdown against the Cardinals. I know. And the Seahawks have been statistically the best defense of the last five weeks. Hey, but I read it was a great week for Wake Forest players. Warford played. Uh, Matt James is the bachelor. Great week. What about Seattle? They've been throwing the ball all over the place, and then they stopped throwing the ball all over the place. They went back to Carroll Ball of uh, we're just going to run, 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 and occasionally throw. Uh, I think Chris Carson's fully healthy. He's fully healthy. They still got DK Metcalf. They still got Tyler Lockett. Like They have too many options, and I just don't think the Rams are going to be able to score. The Rams' defense is super legit. So it's interesting because the the Seahawks' defense has gotten better, way better, mm-hmm. but they're still not there's still little holes there, but I don't know that the Rams offense will be able to take advantage of that. No. I think if golf plays, I think Los Angeles wins actually this game. I, I trust Sean McVay. I think he's a genius, but I don't see a way for the Rams to win even if golf plays. All right. So you're taking Seattle. Yes. All right. Tampa Bay, Washington. Tampa Bay is an eight point favorite on the road because they got Tom Brady. Tom Brady has should have all his weapons because they have Godwin and Antonio Brown and Mike Evans is a game time decision. Okay. Um, they still got Gronk. Mm-hmm. They have been blowing people out the last few weeks, like just throwing the ball all over the field. You know, Tom Brady is the oldest player in NFL history to throw 40 touchdowns. No. Well, I mean, how many people actually play till they're 43 years old? Not, not too many. Exactly. So he threw for 40 touchdowns on the year. So he killed it. But I feel like he was running it up against bad teams. Okay. Any team that can get pressure on him in the middle. Yeah, he doesn't play well. Washington, they might be rotating their quarterbacks. Let's not talk about that. What we're going to talk about (laughs) is we're going to talk about Ron Rivera. That dude's amazing. Okay? Fought cancer at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. The beginning of the season. New team. New look. He was let go by the Panthers so that way he can go and find a new job. Right. He's a respectable dude. I just think Ron Rivera is amazing. I'm glad that this team's in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They probably shouldn't be because I'm not even talking about that Philadelphia stuff. The NFC East is just bad. So a team had to make it. Yeah, I'll say they're trash, but somebody had to win. And so since that's the case, I'm I'm just happy that he's here and we're going to be able to see them play a game. I'm glad they were able to eradicate both the cancer in his body and Dwayne Haskins, both cancers. They got rid of both. (laughs) So I'm glad that we're able to see that here. Alex Smith, another great comeback story. I just I just have good vibes about the Washington football team. They're going to lose this game. I'm picking Tampa Bay. You know what's funny? Washington got here because of their defense. They're one of the few teams that can actually rush a passer and make Brady uncomfortable. I'm picking Washington. Ooh, okay. Baltimore, Tennessee. That's the We're now to the Sunday slate. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, Tennessee, There. what's the line there? Baltimore's three-point favorite on the road. Okay. The tickets start as low as $209, much more manageable prices. Baltimore has been running the ball down people's throats. Baltimore ran for over 400 yards last week. That's like high school football stuff. Yeah. They, they just abandoned the past, and I like it. I mean, if you don't have to, why would you? Why would you? You have four guys that can run the ball very effectively. You know what's crazy? I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking about it. They ran for over 400 yards last week. I've run for 400 yards twice ever in Madden. The video this, game. It's a video game. The video game. And I like to run the ball in the video game. Mm-hmm. How do you run for 400 yards in a football game? Shame on the Bengals. Yeah. It's let, let them run all over them. Yes. Like, if you don't like it, stop it when they couldn't stop it. 
Baltimore has been running well. Their pass offense is still a mess. But when you run like that, who cares? Who cares? Could you just, and you could manage the clock that way. Mm-hmm. Know who else has a great runner, though? Tennessee. <laughs> you know how hard it is to hit 2,000 yards rushing because Derrick Henry did that this season? Eight guys have done it. Eight guys have done it. You know what is even crazier? Derrick Henry needed 240 yards going into the last week of the season, and he finished with 250 in that game. They just, they just run the ball. And then Ryan Tannehill has also been good passing, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're just a run team. Ryan Tannehill threw for 3,800 <sighs> yards. So that's a great compliment. He threw for almost 250 yards a game. Their offense has been lights out, but their defense has taken several steps back from last season, and their defense is the reason why they beat Baltimore in the playoffs last year. I wonder what their run defense looks like, though. It's kind of leaky. So if that's the case, I expect Baltimore to still run for 250 yards this week. I think they will. I like. It's sad that the biggest addition of Baltimore's pass offense has been Des Bryant this season. Yeah. And it's made them go from absolute trash to just like small trash. Pile. Marquise Brown is boo-boo. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah, that's literally it. You know what it is? Is They're trying to cast him as like a number one receiver when realistically he's Deshaun Jackson. I think you're right. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, they need a real receiver and then let him run streaks. Hopefully they take one in the draft. I'm picking Baltimore to win this game, though. I'm picking Baltimore, too. Chicago, New Orleans. I'm picking New Orleans. Go ahead and talk about it. Why is your team on Nickelodeon? <laughs> they're also on CVS, I guess, too. They're on Nickelodeon. This is, so I knew that they were bringing in games to Nickelodeon, so that way kids, they're going to slime somebody. It's going to be like a bunch of fun stuff. Um, I don't know. It, maybe because they thought Mitchie was belonged on, on a kid's channel. So what happens if they bring back Nick Foles? Are you scared? No, not even, <laughs> even kind of. I know that dude makes playoff magic, but I don't know if you knew, but our biggest kryptonite is the Vikings, and they're not on the slate. No, they're so, not. I think we're going to be okay getting through the playoffs this year unless there's some shenanigans with play call, with the not play calling with ref calls. Yeah, I I have nothing nice to say about this game. I expect the Saints to destroy them and this will be the last time we see Allen Robinson in a Bears I was going to say that Allen Robinson's farewell game. But, but um Darnell Mooney's very good. I like that kid. He's not Allen Robinson. David Montgomery's been looking good. Yeah, cuz Tariq Cohen wasn't around to catch passes. Um I think Cam Jordan's going to be all up in that backfield. Oh, the Saints are going to roll. They're, I forgot to mention the line that the Saints are a 10-point favorite, and I think that's too low. Mm-hmm. Like, this, Mitchell Trubisky has looked competent, yeah, which might get him a new deal with the Bears. Oh, that sucks. Um, because their quarterbacks are so bad. Yeah. And I'm talking about you, Nick Foles, too. But I have nothing nice to say about this game other than... Saints get Kamara back. They get Mike Thomas back off IR. Uh, they break new ground being on Nickelodeon. They break new ground being on Nickelodeon. Cam Jordan's going to be in the backfield. Demary Davis is going to be in the backfield. One loss, though, is that we might not, the Saints may not have Taysom Hill. Concussion protocol. We'll see what happens. I don't think you need him for this game. Right. We might probably need him for the next one. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get to the main event of the evening the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland, Cleveland what's the line? Uh, Pittsburgh is a six-point favorite. It's funny because it's the main event. Like, looking at this slate, either this or Ravens-Titans probably would have been the marquee game coming into the week. And then the Browns had more COVID problems. Yep. Oh, tickets are $473 for this game. Uh, Cleveland's had the facility closed every day. Today, time of recording, Friday is the first day they've had the facility open. So it's their first practice. 
first on-field practice this week. All week. So not only that, they have COVID problems. Their head coach has COVID. He cannot coach this week. Um, I think their, their coordinators also have COVID. One of them does. I forget who their act. I think their offensive coordinator will be the acting head coach this week. Um, also, Joel Biantonio, Bitonio, I don't know how to say it. Their starting offensive guard, who is pro bowler, out with COVID. So, I like their offense runs through running the ball, and they struggled to run the ball last week with against the Steelers' backups. Mm-hmm. I don't see how Cleveland wins this game. I think that their pass defense has gotten progressively worse. All the Steelers do is throw the ball. Mason Rudolph was able to throw the ball competently, and we all He's know how bad. bad he is. He's bad. Um, ben will be back this week. He's going to be throwing to my favorite fantasy player, Deontay Johnson. Well, he's going to be back, and he's going to be back with having a week of rest. Because yeah. he was out last week for rest. Exactly. So he's back with a week of rest. Um, you're going to have Juju out there, Chase Claypool, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, Eric Ebron, mm-hmm. all of them catching passes. James Connors' corpse will be out there doing stuff too. I think this is his last season as a Steeler. I think so too. Yeah. I don't know that Biddy Snell's the answer either though. I expect him to go running back in the draft. I think they're going to take a running back in the draft as well. Um, I think the Steelers win this game. I think the Steelers win this game. I think the only game we differed on was the Tampa Bay Washington Tampa Bay Washington game. Oh, and Los Angeles Seattle. Oh yeah, I think the Steelers win this game, but I think this game is going to be closer than it should be. CJ, that was twelve minutes. That was fast. Six games. We got that done. Look at that. Go us. Go us. All right. I think that's it with football. I think it's time to transition. Time to talk about some reality competitions. So you you want to have the most dramatic portion of our podcast this week? I wish we had like music that we could like bring down the most dramatic (laughs) portion of the podcast yet. Matt James's season. This season on The Bachelor. So if you listen to our supersized Bachelor pod last week. Preview podcast. You heard how we felt about a lot of the girls. Mm -hmm. This week we saw the girls come in. And we're going to talk about them. I love the limo entrances, and I feel like not a lot of people went with the bit this week. For those that didn't listen to the three-hour podcast that we just recorded and released for you fine people, this season of The Bachelor is the first African-American Bachelor. His name is Matt James. Yep. Matt's season was filmed exclusively, I believe, in Pennsylvania, what I read. North Carolina. I thought it was North Carolina, but it might be Pennsylvania. I don't know. Uh, It was in Pittsburgh. It was in Nimicona and Woodlands Resort. In Farmington, Pennsylvania, 60 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. The season is filmed there completely. The whole season was filmed there. Matt James came out. He's a six foot five African American gentleman that looks like Kobe a little bit in his face. So he has 32 women that were cast, 32 women that were cast for this season that came out there for him. I'm not going to run through all the names, but we're going to talk about some of our favorites. He sent home. Eight women the first night? Yes. So he sent home Alicia the ballerina, who Mm -hmm. we saw her do some ballet moves. Mm -hmm. Amber Andrews. I don't remember. Single mom. The single mom. Okay. Uh, Carolyn, who, if you listen to our Super Side podcast, well, if you listen to our Super Side podcast, we all agreed was going home night one. Mm -hmm. Go us. Uh, Sent home Cassandra. Girl that was on the show. Uh, She sent home not our Corinne. Right. Fake Corinne. Mm -hmm. Because he knew there would only be one. Yes. And... Corinne Olympios is the only Corinne that this show should have. 
Uh, he sent home Amani, black girl, blonde hair. Black girl, blonde hair that had that was the uh, realtor from like New Mexico or something. Yeah, sent home Kimberly. That was the girl with the crinkle with the with the. She was like dark. She was uh, ethnically ambiguous, I should say, and she had like crinkle hair. Yeah, didn't I don't remember? And he sent home Sine, who we never figured out how to say her name. Yeah, <laughs> Sana, Sine, Sine, Sana. I don't know. She gone though. Yeah, I don't. It's funny because she had the look of someone who could go far. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit of a surprise to see her go home first. But not that big of a surprise. But not that big of a surprise. He gave his... So everybody pulls up in the limos mm-hmm. on The Bachelor. No no real crazy things going on this season. because I think because they're not at, in L.A. In COVID. True. I think COVID in L.A. kind of like messed those up, those crazy entrances. Well, they never could have done the show at The Bachelor Mansion this season. Because there's not enough space. Right. And you can't send them out into the city. Because you can't have them just at the mansion uh, for the whole season. Right. There's not enough to do. Right. You need the space. So you got this resort here in Pittsburgh, or right outside of Pittsburgh. And I don't think any of the interests, uh, there was a couple of interests that are memorable. Katie, one of the girls on the show, Katie Thurston, she's 29. She pulled up and she had a vibrator. Or a lightsaber. A lightsaber. She had that. Um. Uh, you had Kayla come up with the truck. With the truck, Kayla Epps. She came up with the truck. Mm-hmm. Anyone else stand out in your mind? Uh, there. I forget the name, but there was the girl that let him pick out the dress. Came up. In oh underwear. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Kaylee. So that was actually a pretty good bit. I liked that one. Yeah. Not because she was in her underwear, which I also liked, but because I actually thought it was kind of thoughtful. Yeah. She's like, I don't know which dress you want. I could. I was going back and forth. So here's two dresses. She's mm-hmm. wearing lingerie. And she says, you can pick between these two dresses. That's a very memorable entrance. Especially because as a dude, I don't remember most of these girls' names the first night. But I'm going to remember the dress because I picked it. So I'm going to remember you, which means you're probably getting a rose tonight. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you can't win tonight. You yeah. can definitely lose tonight. Night one, there's 32 girls. Mm-hmm. He has about eight hours. Mm-hmm. from Because it's from like sundown, dusk to like dawn. So about eight, nine hours to oh, go through all these days. It wasn't dawn at the end of that episode. It was full on daylight. It's really weird to me that when girls are talking about not getting time mm-hmm. because he's there for hours and you probably have about six to seven hours to try to get some time in there. So I don't know how he doesn't get to everyone. I know there's 32 women and he probably spends about five to 10 minutes with each one. It, do you, but like you got to be pushy. You got to go in there and ask for your time. So like to, Piggyback on that point, the last one we didn't talk about with the entrance was Queen Victoria. Yeah. Coming in, carried in like royalty. Right. She has a, a tiara and she has mm-hmm. a scepter. And she tells him that maybe he could be her king. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think she was that cute. She, she is not that fly for no. how she acts. Correct. And so she comes in. Um, she puts her stamp on the on the episode though she's like she's there she you know she's the queen she makes her face known a couple of girls though before we, we finish wrapping up the limo entrances those two girls that i felt like really stood out to him mm-hmm. when he first met them mari took his breath away yes mari came out she's a, a pageant queen um from puerto rico oh he he stared at her walk up the entire way yeah into the hotel she stood out to him and i feel like brie stood out to him she was the first one out. She the was most. the first one out. And I think Rachel was right after that. Those mm-hmm. three, I feel like really 
got his attention. Yes. From their just their entrances and their initial presence. Yes. Th- those were the three that I, I was like, okay, I see that he sees them. He sees them seeing him. I see it. Yes. Um, Piper, I, I'm a big fan of Piper. Piper did not make that big of an impression, but I think she's dope. She's. D- it's funny because you watch them and like a lot of the, and I'm not, this isn't a women or thing because it's the men too. They fit in boxes. Yeah. Everyone, like there's a certain look that a lot of people on this show have and you can't tell them apart. It's like, it might be so-and-so, it might be so-and-so. A few of them have very unique looks. Piper with her hair is a unique look. Nobody else has Piper's hair. I can pick Piper out of the crowd. Right. I can pick MJ out of the crowd for the same reason. It's her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, Brie, super cute. Couldn't pick her out of the crowd. If I see her face, I think I know who she is. The only reason I recognized her that episode was the green dress. I, I feel like, though, I could pick Kit out of the crowd. Kit's a very little one. Kit looks different than the other ones, though. True. Because she's so young. She's 21. Mm-hmm. Um, her, her mother is the fashion designer. So she's a fashion designer's kid. Mm-hmm. And, but she looks so different. Yes. And Kit, unlike all the other ones who are wearing ball gowns, Kit went full cocktail dress with the fringe and everything. Mm-hmm. So she's going to look different. What's going to be interesting, and this is the same thing we do every season, next week when they're not dressed up like they were night one, Am I going to be able to name any of them? Maggie. I'll be able to point Maggie out. I'll be able to point out Maggie. I'll be able to point out MJ. I will be able to point out Piper all because of their hair. Yeah. I think so too. I'll be able to put them because of their hair. Maggie, not because of her hair, but because of her face. That too. Because Maggie. Okay. So I'll talk about Maggie for a little bit. Mm-hmm. From Ethiopia. Um, She's a doctor. She came over to study medicine or something. She sends money back. She's a pharmacist. She sends money mm-hmm. back to her home in Ethiopia. She's just like she has a am- charity where she sends shoes back. Amazing woman. She's too good for this show. I don't know why she's there. I don't know either. She could find a a nice man that's not on this show. Question: Do you think they brought her in to be the next Bachelorette? No. Why Quick not? No. Why not? She's not- too good. They're not that forward thinking. And she's 32. She's too old. But that's, they said that was part of the reason why they brought in Rachel Lindsay. She was one of the early favorites to be the next Bachelorette. Yeah, but Maggie's 32. Maggie is a year younger than me. Okay. She's, for for reference, Kit is 21. Yeah, so they got lots of years of paradise. (laughs) No, the girl, I think that's going to be the next Bachelorette. Is either going to be? I can see Bree. Mm-hmm. I can see Kayla, because Kayla had a lot of spunk. Mm-hmm. I liked Kayla's attitude, so I can see Bree. I can see Kayla. I can see Serena P. Or Sarah Trot. I was gonna say I think Sarah's the next Bachelorette. I think all of them have an option, have a possibility. Sarah, I see Sarah actually more. So now that I'm talking about it, because Sarah, we heard about her pet, her dad. Mm-hmm. We heard about a unique story mm-hmm. in the video package. She talks about it with with um, Matt a little bit. That's why I think her or Britt or Bree, because Bree also talked about her family dynamic and how um, she has mixed parents and all that good stuff. So I think they check a lot of the boxes because you've got their background, but you also like 
It's something as simple as looking at their job. So broadcast journalist is a good enough job to be the bachelorette. Communications manager, good enough job to be the bachelorette. Queen, not a good <laughs> enough job. Work. Graduate student, not a good enough job. So, Which Piper is a graduate student. She's great. Not I mean, That's not the job that is going to make you the bachelorette. But, okay, Victoria is the queen. Mm-hmm. She plays into the whole shtick the whole time. Right. She walks around. She grabs Matt twice mm-hmm. for dates. Twice. So Which, those ain't going once. Yeah, but that's not unusual because opening night, everyone, guys and girls, it always happens. What I found the most interesting thing is she wanted to grab him a third time, but she was encouraging other women to go talk to him first before she did. Right. And that is like... I thought she was going to end up being the villain of the season, but I think she's actually only going to be the night one villain because the fact that she was encouraging other women to go talk to him. And then when they wouldn't, they were like, no, I'm going to wait for him to come talk to me. She's like, all right, well, I'm going to go talk to him again, which makes perfect sense. And I understand the apprehension to be the one to approach the guy, because usually when you go out, the women on the show are one of, if not the hottest girl in the group, and dudes come and talk to them. So they're but, not used to having to go and make the first move. Yeah, I don't like. I don't make the first move. The dude makes the first move with me. I'm not making the first move with you, girl. There's 32 women here. Yeah, they they the ones who want to talk to me will come talk to me, and unless you're super fine, you're probably not making it to week two. Because I'm looking for reasons to get rid of you, and not talking to you is probably one of those. Reasons. It's an easy reason. Yeah. In fact, um, there was three people in the season that were over the age. I was thirty or older. There's now one person in the season. That's <laughs> <You're older. laughs> nice. And it's literally just Maggie. Um, Andrew uh, Amber was thirty. Amber Andrews was thirty. Carolyn was thirty. Both of them have been sitting on their way. Mm-hmm. Both of them live in California. So f- far flight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else stood out to you? Uh, Abigail. Let's talk about Abigail. Abigail got the first impression rose. So Abigail, I would. She's the one who is uh, deaf. Yes, I wouldn't have noticed it if she didn't say it, because like she's got she, Co- the cochlear implants that let her hear, and she can read lips. Even though, if you notice, Matt said he was going to enunciate more, and he did not. He didn't, but she seemed to be understanding fine. Correct, correct, correct. But he, I thought he was going to over enunciate so that way. She could read his lips as he's speaking. Yeah. And then he, he decided to give her that lip work a little later. You know what I'm saying? He made that first move with the kiss. So I know in the podcast you talked about how Matt is there for one thing and one thing only. Get it in. I don't think he is. Because mm. he didn't do a lot of making out this episode. So you're telling me that a dude that just went on there and had 30-something women. And since he only made out with one, you think that he might be there for the right reasons? No. Not at all. What I'm saying is he might be a little bit more patient than some of the recent bachelors we had who were making out with five, six chicks the first night. I don't think too many make out with that many the first night. Not that many the first night. I think they usually get one or two kisses in there unless the girl goes for it. But the moment he started kissing Abigail, I knew she was getting that first date. Oh, 100%. Especially because... And it's... It was interesting watching Abigail back to back with Bree because Bree was literally reciting the story that he told at the beginning of the episode about his family and how he was raised and being biracial. I was like, did they just read from the same teleprompter? 
So I thought she was getting it for sure. Like he's going to get that rose and give it to her. And then he had the conversation with Abigail and then they got a little smooch and then she got the first impression rose. Yep. Uh, So let me tell you about the first impression rose. Chris Harrison comes out, brings the first impression rose and lays it down. Every, all the girls see it and they know it's there while Matt's out talking to people. Mm-hmm. If Matt comes and gets the first impression rose and he doesn't grab you, you ain't getting it. Yeah. If he walks through the room and he doesn't scan the room, you ain't getting it. Yeah. If you are standing out in the rotunda and you see him walk by as he continues to walk deadlocked in another place, you ain't getting it. Mm-hmm. So it's always so funny that he has to go and pick it up and say, excuse me, ladies. well it's also funny all the women with oh maybe it's coming for me wait wait where are you going with that rose why are you not bringing it to me you were never getting it right because you realistically most bachelors and bachelorettes isolate the person first and then retrieve the rose i'll be i'll be right back yeah then that's when that's your chance to like get your Lipstick ready and prepared because he's about to come in for that kiss. And you're about to smear it all over his face. About to smear it all over his face. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They were making out first, at least mm-hmm. in the edit. And then he's like, I'll be right back. Then he goes, he didn't even say, I'll be right back. He like gets, they, you know, I got to go do something. Mm-hmm, you hear him talking about the, the rose. And then he goes and grabs it, brings it back, gives it to Abigail. She takes it. So good. So good. He, he did seem to be very conscious of why he was there. Oh, yes. Okay, so as we talked about before, Matt James is the first guy in a long time that's been on the show that was not a part of the Bachelor franchise ever. And then add into the fact that he was the first black Bachelor. So he has no experience on TV. Right. And he's very breaking barriers. In the, in the preview podcast, which I talked extensively about Chelsea, the runway model, that he was going to get eviscerated by black Twitter for if he cut her night one. Yep. And she did her model walk. We saw that. They spent some time together. And she got a rose decently early in the uh, rose ceremony. He gave yes. her the, the first the first uh, black rose was <laughs> to her. No, with Debris. I guess because she's, yeah, she's half, I guess. <laughs> and so, so are you saying that Matt and Brie make one black person? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. They are both black, but she, he gives her a rose at four. He gives her the, the, the third rose during the rose ceremony, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. Yeah. I thought she was going to be sitting there for a while. My favorite part about the rose ceremony, though, personally, is whenever they you have, you have people talking and they're talking about, oh, I'm really nervous about getting the rose. There's always going to be one of them that doesn't get the rose, and at least two of them don't. Yeah. I, two of them do. I thought Serena C was going to be one of them. Because she talks about it, and then she doesn't get a rose right when they're done talking. So I was like, "Oh, Serena C is not about to get this rose." I knew that. I knew when when uh, Serena P was talking about it. No, not Serena P. When Marilyn was talking about it, I knew she was getting a rose. Yes. Anna, I thought was the other one that was going to be the one that's going to end up on the cutting room floor, because Anna's talking about not getting this rose. She tried to go up there when Alana got the rose, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, not you." It was the one behind you. Yeah, when that happened, I was like, oh, there's no way she's getting a rose now. I thought for sure she wasn't getting a rose. But it was funny because I was sitting here with a friend, friend, good friend of the pod, Dave. And I was like, Dave, all that matters is who gets the second to last rose. Mm-hmm. And he said, 
no, but there's like one rose left. And I said, That's that fine. rose is going to Victoria. Yeah. It's there's been one earmarked mm-hmm. for Victoria. So it's never about getting the last rose. Right. The last the person that gets the last rose is because the producer said you gotta get it. They gotta get it and it's gotta be for drama dramatic effect. The first four or five weeks of the season, you know who's getting the last rose. If you're watching the episode, you yeah. know who's getting the last rose. After that, it does become a little bit more of a toss up. It's usually whoever's causing the most drama mm-hmm. on night one. And you're like, are they going to cut him? Are they not going to cut him? I don't want to be that girl. Last season, it was Victoria F. Victoria F was causing a little bit of drama. Very, very gorgeous girl. Yep. Um, ended up dating Chris. Uh, Souls? No, nah, she, she dated Chris Souls. But she also dated Chase Rice. Um, she got the, the rose. Mm-hmm. Like last. The season before, it was on night one, Catherine. Who got the last rose right before it? It's the one that's caused a little bit of trauma, a little bit of turmoil. They'll usually go on by week three or four. That's usually when they let them cut them. Yeah. Victoria will be the same. And so she got the last rose. So it was, it was about who's getting that rose right before. And this week it was. It, it was, was Victoria. Victoria. Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the one right before was Anna. So Anna's sticking around. I think Anna's gone next week, though. Oh, yeah. I, she's going to have to make moves. So we got to this season on, and it was full of tears. You had your obligatory ambulance shot, but they're bringing in more girls. Bringing in more girls. That's how you spice it up, I guess. So when do you think those girls show up? Week four. So you think these are the girls that also quarantined? And yeah. Then- cause I t- in our preview podcast, I talked about how more girls quarantine than ever. I think they pick about Four to six of them. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we see that Heather is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Heather's coming in. Heather G was the one that had never been that had never been kissed on. Um, what's his face this season? The one with Hannah Brown. Uh, not Peter. The one before Peter. Yeah, the one before Peter. Nick. Was, no. no, no, I was just talking about him. Uh, he jumped a fence. Colton. Colton yeah. season. Oh yeah, the virgin and the girl that had never been kissed. Yeah, and so. She's going to be on there because I don't know if you knew this, CJ. She's best friends with Hannah Brown. Really? Yeah. Uh, Hannah Brown, who also quarantined with Matt, Matt and Tyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they had something happen. Maybe. So she'll be on there this season, which is going to be interesting. So she's going to mix things up. Um, I also re- I also read that maybe Matt's ex-girlfriend is going to show up. How would that even work? She's going to come on there to try to be on the show? I don't know. If your ex-girlfriend shows up on the show, are you letting her stay? Um, I don't think I have any choice. You think the producers make you? Make me let her stay for like one week. So she's first ticket out of town? Yeah. As soon as I can, so I'm getting rid of her because I have these other 30 ladies here. Yeah. At that point, 18 ladies or whatever the number is that I'm trying to deal with, you know? Yeah. So see ya. We'll see what happens this season with Matt James. I'm excited. I'm I'm I love Bachelor season. This season, this crop is good to go. I think Matt being socially aware of what his place is on the show, I think it's great. We're here for the most dramatic season yet. I'm very interested to see how he handles all the personalities with the added stress of being the first of his kind. Yeah. I I agree. It's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Let's switch gears again. 
again and let's talk about the greatest show on television, The Challenge. This so we're, we're a couple episodes back <laughs> since the last episode we recorded. Yeah. So last before we the week before brutal challenge. We yeah. lost two girls. Yeah. Due to injury. Fantastic challenge. Bought on the semi truck. Mm-hmm. People got hurt. Yep. We lost. Uh, this week we lost. Um, last week we lost Nicole. Mm-hmm. And carry over this week we lost Liv. We also lost Wes in elimination. To Devin. Do you think Wes just laid down? Um. No. I think he was crushed that Devin was in there. I think he laid down for Devin. I don't I think he would. I don't think he would have laid down. But I think he was looking at it and is like, Devin's fighting. I don't need this money. Nobody uh, really wants me here. I'm out. I think he was just hurt and betrayed by Leroy. Mm. And so I don't think he had a lot of will to fight. That's kind of what happens when you get to the elimination, especially on these shows that you come back a bunch. Yeah. They just like lose their will and they're like, fuck it. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happened. So he was out. So we got that. So this week, open up the show. Devin, yeah. champ. He's been paired up with his arch nemesis, Tori, which I loved. I loved his picking Tori because he's like, you're a good competitor, but I hate you. and You hate me. So let's do this. They definitely, <laughs> like, it, strategically, brilliant move. You infiltrate all the alliances. Yep. Because you go from being on the bottom to being on the bottom, but you know what's going on. Right. Like, people still want to get rid of you, but you know what's going on now. So you can at least put a stop to it. Or at least are privy to it. Yeah. So Devin gets in. He gets in a fight with Amber. Okay, so Devin gets in. He's riding high. He then, We then hear a beautiful story about T's life. T, tragedy. It's just crazy. Funny. Yeah. She's amazing. Big T. That big was, shouts to her. That was legitimately a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of death, just yeah. giving giving her away for adoption. It's just amazing. Big T talking about her culture. Yeah, I'm glad that Big T's here. So we get Big T's story. She's sitting there with Amber and Kyle, and Devin looks at Amber and says, "Why are you here? I don't even like you. Like, yeah. <laughs> go home, get out of here." Yeah, these uh, these three were hanging out, and you happen to be there because yeah. these three like each other. Yeah, it was just so funny. And then you just started bullying her. Yeah, because that's how Devin works. Yeah, but Devin's like, she's a snake. I feel like she's a snake. She does snaky things. I don't want her here. And then they get into a fight. Mm-hmm. That fight leads to bigger problems down the road. Because then Nelson decides to get in Devin's face. I love Nelson embellishing with the Amber was crying on my shoulder. So I listened to a podcast afterwards. Um, I listened to a podcast, the official challenge podcast that has hosted by Tori Deal and Anissa. Mm-hmm. And they had Nelson on this week. And Nelson said that he was a little upset with Amber watching the playback uh-huh. because he feels like she embellished to him how bad it was. Because he watched it and he's like, I'm not even mad at Devin. That didn't even seem like a lot. Yeah, he was just being a, a dirt, a jerk, a dirt. dick. <laughs> he was being a dirt. <laughs> and she, he said that he didn't feel like it was it was too much, but that's how Devin, that's how Amber portrayed it. So. So then he went to say something to look yeah. out for his girl. Mm-hmm. And that's how that's why he felt a little bad about it. But mm-hmm. carry on. So they have this fight. Nelson takes up arms for his lady. He goes, wakes up Devin, starts arguing with him about it. Devin doesn't want to hear it. And Nelson basically made an enemy 
on behalf of his partner. Which is unfortunate because in a show like this, you you don't want to be on anyone's radar. Right. So we go into the daily challenge. It's called drone control. Drone control, they had to fly these drones. The partner had to look into a VR headset and direct them to see a puzzle that had like binary code, which was just like a legend, basically. Yeah. And then they had to go and decipher this code and put it in this thing. It's like a lot to do about nothing. I mean, it's it's funny because the one person who's flying the drone can't see the drone once it turns the corner. Right. The second person can see what the drone is doing, but from the video they're showing from the VR headset, it doesn't look like they have great sight. Right. And they got to talk and communicate to work well together. It was interesting to me that of the 12 groups, I believe nine of them, the men controlled the drone. Yes, I thought another thing that I thought was interesting that of all of the groups, most of them ended up in a crevice of the cave. Yeah. Like stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, as they went through, everyone failed the challenge except for Devin and Tori. Does that mean the challenge was bad? I think the challenge is bad because if no one can complete it, your challenge is too hard. So I counter. I think they, uh, they apparently they all had about five minutes of drone training. Okay. On how to fly the drone. Each of them. And so they were like, which one did it better? That's the person that's going to do it. Okay. That's what Anissa said. And if you got about five minutes of drone training, it's just how to go forward back. You just got to be smart. I thought the challenge was good because it fit with the theme. Spies trying to get the code, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, I think it is something different after that intensely grueling challenge that you had just done before. Right. We got two girls going home because of injuries. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is banged up. It it's, makes sense that you have something super low-key like flying a drone to like give them a day off. So here's the thing. I think the, the challenge is bad because it's so difficult to complete. But I also think a lot of the drone flyers specifically are idiots because they were all trying to go too fast. Yes, they were going way too quickly instead of they were trying to race for time. Yeah, if you but like if you can't see where you're going, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, because like if I'm blindfolded going through a maze, I am inching along the wall with my hand on the wall until I find a gap. Ah, huh, makes that makes sense. And that's basically what you got to do. You got to inch. And let the other person be your eyes. Right. And none of them did that except for our winners, Devin Tori and, and Tori. Yep. Uh, fun fact. Not fun fact. Fun side note. Watching TJ laugh at every single last one of oh, them that was, was great. the greatest. Just watching them because they're all idiots. It, if TJ's laughing at you and you're down there, you, you know you're bad. I agree. And that's why I was just so... I just loved it. It was just so mm-hmm. funny. So... Devin and Tori win the challenge. They are safe from elimination. They're going to be able to pick someone to go in against somebody. We then go back to this, to the club dome. Mm-hmm. Everybody's partying it up. Tori got a little drunk. She won the challenge today. Yeah. And her and Devin have a conversation. Tori's, Devin says to Tori, you get to save three people. Well, it started with Tori saying, Anissa's my girl. I'm not sending her in. Well, he no, no, no. It started with Devin saying to her, I know Anissa's your girl. Her and Fessy are safe. Yeah. You get two more. And then she's like, uh, okay, uh, Corey. Mm-hmm. Save Corey. And save Leroy. Yeah. And then Devin's like, oh, 
you only want to save Leroy because you knew I was putting him in. Because earlier in the episode, when when Devin was talking to CT, he told CT he's coming for those that have wronged him mm-hmm. and Big Brother people. Yeah. And then they showed a quick hit list. Leroy was on that hit list. Cam was on that hit list. Yeah. Because he made they made him go against Wes. Yeah. Obviously, all the big big brother people were on the hit list. Mm-hmm. So he said he's coming for them. So and he Devin does not like Josh. No, he no doesn't. one likes Josh. Well, Josh is a big baby bitch. I am not a fan of Josh. He's a big baby bitch. I don't think Josh's mom is a fan of Josh. That's cold because she probably is. Nani's a fan of Josh. Casey's a fan of Josh. That's it. Three people. Three people. So she he, that's her list. So then um, Devin has his list. And I forgot who they were. Who did he say was safe? CT? He said CT was safe. Kyle was safe. Kyle was safe and Jay was safe. I think he said Jay. Yeah. Those are the people on his list. Mm -hmm. But CT and Big T were safe. Big CT was safe. (laughs) 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 And then, um, oh, we didn't get to talk about last week with eight eight times nine, Josh. And the whole (laughs) Devin argument. Anyway, so carrying on from that, he wants Big Brother people in there. Is Josh the unincredible Hulk? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Now, him or Fessy? Mm, Fessy at least does feats of strength. Josh is just raging. He's just rages. It's just he's just constantly raging and getting to his raging. So Tori's drunk, right? Mm-hmm. She finds Josh and she says, "Hey, Josh, um, Devin hates you. Devin hates you." But like, Josh he is, hates. He hates you. him. But Josh has also said Devin is the only name he's writing until Devin goes home. Right. So and Devin already knows that Josh has it in for Well, which is why it was funny because Josh is like, oh, it's fine. I hate him too. Like, we hate each other. And she's like, no, no, no. You don't get it. He is putting you in because he hates you. Right. So that immediately, because Josh says that, because Tori says some other stuff after that, but it didn't matter because the only thing Josh heard was, he I'm- hates me and I'm going in. Yeah. So then this big dumb idiot <laughs> goes and he goes to Casey. And Jay, who's sitting there, and he's, like, running through his brain, who can he try to beat in a challenge? Because I don't know if you knew this. He's 0-2 in elimination. Yeah. He lost to a man with one hand. I, in tug-of-war. In tug-of-war. Yeah. I Like I said, I stopped watching the challenge prior to this season because of what Johnny did to Sarah Rice. Right. With that said, that clip went viral. He lost to a man with one hand. That was probably half his size. In a tug-of-war match. Mm-hmm. So... Josh, big dumb idiot, was like, I want to win an elimination match. So who can I go with? He looks at his ally, Jay. His ally. Jay is from Survivor, yeah. which is a CBS reality show. Jay is good friends with Casey, who is on Big Brother, who is a, which is a CBS reality show. Right. Along with Casey, you have Amber, you have Josh, you have Fessy. All of them, Big Brother people, mm-hmm. all aligned with Jay, who was on Survivor, and Natalie, all CBS reality show people. Yeah, all looking out for each other. He goes to Casey, who's sitting next to Jay, and says, I don't know if I trust Jay. Jay is sitting there. He's like, Josh, I'm not coming for you at all. And then he says, I don't, Casey, I don't like his vibe. I don't like his vibe right now. Yeah, she, he's talking about him like he's not even there. Right. And he's literally two feet away from you. Sitting next to Casey. He was in spitting distance. Yes. Sitting next to the person you're talking to. Directly next to her. There was, there was not a bunch of people to give you the picture. It's not like there was a bunch of other people there. 
She's sitting directly next to Jay. The, the two of them on a bench. There was the three of them on the patio. And he's like, I don't, I don't like his vibe. I don't like his vibe. Yeah. It's like you're you're targeting me, man. I'm sitting right here next to you. Right. What are you talking about? So Jay is like, uh, you're insane. So Josh is like, I don't, I don't care. I, I think we need to, I'm I'm voting you, you and Teresa. I'm voting you and Teresa. And then he turns to Casey, he says, Jay and Teresa, and like puts his hand out. Yeah. And she's like, what? No. What are no. you talking yeah. about? Teresa hasn't done anything to nobody. And I'm and not voting I'm, Jay. And Jay's I'm working with, with this dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Josh is just terrible. It was giving me a... He's a big, dumb idiot. So then, I can't believe he won Big Brother. I just still can't believe it. He won a season of Big Brother because he was less liked. He was more liked. Ah, no, he was less hated than the other guy. That was literally it. I mean, if Big Brother didn't have 90 episodes to a season, I'd consider going back and watching it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I'm sure you could find a super cut on the internet of like Big Brother in two hours, like the yeah. whole season in two hours. Yeah, because Josh, he tries to bully people, but he's not good at it. Right. Like he's not, no one takes him seriously because unlike someone like CT or a Bananas or even Wes back in the day, when they made threats, they could actually follow through on them. And Josh cannot. That's not why no one takes him seriously. No one takes him seriously because he is soft he's extremely emotional he's an emotional player like none like none we've seen in a long time right when he, the next morning he's talking he walks in there and he's, casey's sitting with nani and josh walks in and he's like i think we should be voting in Teresa and jay and nani's taken aback and like what and casey's still like no he he was drunk and got in a fight yeah like casey is in there doing damage control for this idiot yeah and nani's like we're not voting in why are, what no we're not doing that right jay's with us mm-hmm. jay has been working with us since he came in the house and he's like i don't trust him so jay's walking by and now he's like hey jay can you come talk to us he's like well i don't know josh hates me now i guess yeah he which goes was hilarious down and josh is like i gotta get out of here i don't want to talk to him it's like what and then nani has to apologize for a partner and be like listen josh is an emotional guy as we know and a big dumb idiot and he's a big dumb idiot and I, I just couldn't believe it. So we then go to the deliberation. The names that are going around are Jay and Teresa mm-hmm. because of Josh. Josh and uh, Nani because of Josh. Uh-huh. And the only other name that's being floated around is Nelson and Amber because of what happened with that altercation between Amber and Devin the day before along with Nelson getting in Devin's face to try to stick up for his teammate. But it's it's the strategy of the season of who do the double agents want to put in? Because if we put them in, we're going to make them burn another bridge. Right. And unfortunately, Amber put a target on that team's back. So we're going to throw them in. And unfortunately, Nelson had to write that check for that team. Yep. So they go. They, the thing that was smart, Nelson's like, this is probably a guy's day. Just to let you guys know. Which is funny because the some of the girls are sitting like, but what if? Nah, it, it never will be. Based on the math, it's a guy's day. But what if? Michi's a rogue agent. But what if? And that's one thing that's interesting is because on the official challenge podcast, Anissa's like, hey, Nelson, you called it out perfectly, bro. You were right. No, it was, it was a guy today. 
It had to be. Because of the numbers. Yeah. Michi being a rogue agent, it just he had to get another partner. Yeah, like I can't tell you if it's going to be a guy's day or a girl's day when the numbers are even, but I can virtually guarantee that it will be the opposite gender unless they do a double elimination, which I'm sure is coming. Right. So, no, yeah, you knew it was a guy's day, but Tori's sitting there saying, well, I want to go in and get my skull. Right. And Anissa's like, well, if it's physical, I might be able to get my skull. Anissa, though, her getting her skull was secondary. She wanted right. Tori to get her skull, but in reality, she was like, listen, I'm going I'm down to do whatever Tori wants to do. They're like best friends. So whatever Tori wants to do, we'll do. So if she wants Amber in there to try to get this skull, because it could be a girl's day, mm-hmm. let's do it. But here's the problem. So like we said, they sent in Nelson and Amber. They go to the elimination. Right. They get there. They see it's Hall Brawl. Hall Brawl. Which I'm not going to lie. I saw it was Hall Brawl on the uh, the preview for the next episode two weeks ago. And I was excited for two weeks. Yeah. Because I was getting a Hall Brawl. So for anyone that doesn't know, Hall Brawl is a elimination competition where they set up two plexiglass, giant plexiglass hallways, if you will, on either side, or walls on either side, creates a hallway. Yep. Your job is to run from your side of the arena to the other side of the arena through the hallway. But guess what? Your opponent is also running through the same hallway to do the same objective at the same time. Mm -hmm. You will meet in the middle. There will be contact. When there's contact, you need to get past that person and get to the other side. So heads will roll. Yes. So they walk in. They see it's a hall brawl. As they're walking down there, they see it's a hall brawl. So Tori's stoked because Tori's won a hall brawl before against a very fierce opponent. Tori also knows that it's Amber. Right. And her her and... And um and Devin, Devin are the double being, agents. Being the double agents, they know who is going in. Right. So Tori walks in, she's stoked, it's Hall Brawl. For some reason, this idiot thinks that it's a girl's day. Who, sorry? Yeah. Well, no, she she hopes it's a girl's day. But like she just constantly hopes for it. So as they're walking in, Fessy sprints up to Devin and Tori, who are leading the pack. And says, I want to go in. Well, no. Even better. He walks up. Even worse, I should say. It is worse. He walks up and says to Tori, looks like Hall Brawl. She's like, yeah. He asks who's going in. She sells, says Nelson, Nelly. And he says, put me in. So I thought he said, put me in. She said, it's Nelson. And then he said, doesn't matter. Put me in. Either way, it's bad. He said, put me in question mark. Like he asked, he said, like, I have a question. Mm-hmm. And then she said, it's Nelly. And he said, put me in. Yeah. Like, definitively. Yeah. Definit- Either way, he definitively said, yeah, I want to go in against Nelson. Which, earlier in the episode, we were being told that Nelson, Fessy, and Corey were the three best friends that anyone could have. TYB, till they die. Mm-hmm. New team, new squad. That was how it was supposed to be. So, Fessy has this conversation as they walk in. They all go up to the uh, the podiums. TJ calls down Nelson and Amber, which Nelson and Amber aren't too surprised. No. He asks the double agents, do they want to come in? Tori, as she's right to do, 
well, is it a girl's day or a guy's day? TJ is the... He waxed poetic and he basically <laughs> says, oh, you don't know and you'll find out when you get down here. Uh, TJ, he, I mean, he said that, but what TJ really said is, I don't need to tell you shit. <laughs> so Tori's like, I really want to go down there. Devin, who already has his skull, is like, I will get you a skull. Now is not the time. Devin is 100% right. Right, because he doesn't need to go down there. Devin doesn't need to go down there. And mathematically, it's a pretty good shot. It's a guy's day. Right. Which, why, why am I going down there when I already have my skull? Right. If I don't have to go down there, I don't want to. Exactly. So, And he doesn't know that if they don't vote together, what's going to happen. So he says, I don't, let's, let's, let's just get on the same page. I'm going to help you get this goal. This is not now. Just not now. I'm not yeah. trying to do this. So... Tori follows through with the wishes of... So Josh is pumped. Josh is stoked, this big, dumb idiot. He's got <laughs> himself ready to go mentally. He's like, I'm going against Nelson. Send me down there. He's like pacing up there, like yeah, psyching he's getting, himself up. Yeah, he's psyching himself up. I don't know why. He's a big, dumb idiot. And so then Tori says, I'm sitting in Fessy. Everyone looks shocked. Well, he said, I'm doing a favor. She said, I'm doing a favor for my friend. Mm -hmm. I'm sending in... Fessy and Anissa. Yep. Everybody's a little shocked because if it's a girl's day, they're like, okay, Anissa's going to pick up this W real quick against Amber. She's a little 90 pounds. Pick her up. Carry An her An yeah. Anissa would literally pick up Amber Size. and carry her to the button. Yeah. She might have to go, like, go under if Amber was going to try to win. Yeah. But it's a guy's day. Fessy, it's a 6'5", 270, physical specimen. He was a like a tight end or a defensive end or something. Tight He's end. a big dude. Yeah. And so... He's like having to go against Nelson, who's his friend. Everyone's shocked because they think that Tori has just betrayed the group. Yeah. Then Tori says, he told me that he wants to go in. Yeah. That just shocked everyone even more. Everyone's now pissed. Corey's pissed. Because this dude's supposed to be riding with us. He I'm, had flown out to LA for his gender reveal party. It was public knowledge that these three were besties. Working together. So if it's public knowledge that these three are not putting each other in, why are you requesting to go into elimination against one of them? Right. That's awful. That's some terrible friendship. That's that's Devin level move. Devin wouldn't even do that. Don't even don't even put that on Devin. That's not that's what, what No no Devin would have sent them in against each other. Right, 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 right. But you're voluntarily you sending asked them to go in. in. Yeah. You didn't even volunteer. You asked. You you pleaded your case to go in. You the worst part is, is she did what Devin wanted to probably do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, it, she was, he was on her list of untouchables, but he's like, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And the thing that's crazy to me is that me and you have been friends for years. Mm -hmm. If I don't have to go against you early, I'm not going to. I'm not saying your name when I'm trying to get us paid. Right. I'm trying to stick around. I'm trying for us to stick around. Any friend I'm trying to keep. Right. So why would I volunteer? Even if I know I could win this competition and get my gold school, mm -hmm. I'm not going in against a friend of mine. I want him to be here too. Right. I want to run this final together. Right. And like figure it out at the end. If we have to go against each other towards the end because there's just no options, it is what it is. I mean, we've talked about how in fantasy football, if we ever meet in the championship, we're going trial by combat. Trial by combat. One player versus each other because that's fun because you're friends. Exactly. We're not calling each other out. And I'm sure as hell, if I see Hall, bro, I'm not saying, yeah, I want to go against Kevin. Right. And so for Fessy to then make that choice 
and say, oh, it's hard raw. This is where I'm going to get my, my, my skull. Fool. Yeah. Fool. So listen to that official podcast. Nelson said that what part of the reason that his spirit broke was that he watched Fessy come down and Fessy had a grill on his face. Yeah. And he said that he didn't know what to what to believe now because mm-hmm. he thought Tori was screwing him. Tori and Devin were screwing him, making him go against his friend. But then he sees a smile on his friend's face and he realized he had been double-crossed. Yeah, his friend wanted it. Yeah. And, like, this is not something he would have ever done against Corey. He would have never wanted this to happen. Corey would have never asked to go against Nelson, their best friends. Nelson also said that him and Fessy were talking about moving in together because both of them are newly single. Mm-hmm. Nelson's been on and off with Angela Babbage for years. Mm-hmm. Um, Fessy and Haley recently have broken up. So they're going to move in together. They're talking about traveling together, being boys. And then this dude asked to go in. Come on. Yeah. Man. And it's besides the betrayal, like you're taking money out of my pocket. On top of all of this that we're talking yeah. about, Bessie's a big dumb idiot for asking for this. Like the biggest of dumb idiots because you now have sowed seed throughout the rest of the house of can I, you just asked to go against one of your best friends. Who can you, who can trust you? Yeah. If Nobody. you're going to do that to your friend, yeah, what are you going to do to me? Who I don't even like you. Yeah. Come on. So Fessy decides to do this. And now, mind you, real quick, Fessy's a big dumb idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, in his season of Big Brother, he was at a crush on Haley. Haley, who had a good friendship with this nerd kid named Scotty. Fessy was convinced that Scotty was coming for his woman. And so he, when he was HOH, he put Scotty on the block. Probably not great for his relationship with Haley. There was another group called Level 6 that Tyler from Big Brother and mm-hmm. Casey was a part of. They were they didn't go up on the block because that's the opposition to him. But he was so concerned with Scotty, who had a crush on his girl, but she had no interest because they were just friends. Yeah. That he felt like he had to get her out, get him out. Because he felt like he was double crossing them. He's a big dumb idiot. JC, who was on the show, um, little guy on the show, mm-hmm. he said in the diary room, I he had a very good relationship with Fessy. He said in the diary room diary room. Um, I'm out there pulling all the strings of my big dumb puppet. <laughs> and he like did the the marionette strings in the, in the diary room because Fessy is his big dumb puppet. He's an idiot, and this was just another example of Fessy being dumb. So he, let's get to the hall brawl because I have, oh oh this this competition was terrible. It was terrible, and you know why it was terrible? Because not only have we seen like. Fessy completed a heel turn. Fessy was the dude and for for in the wrestling ring. Fessy was Seth Rollins against the Shield. Yeah. He pulled that chair out and he hit Nelson square in the back. And he wore him out with that chair. So then they have a match after cuz they actually have the hall brawl. And he beat him with the chair again. He was cheating. Yeah, okay. He so- was roughing him up. You don't do that to your boy. You don't do that to anyone, especially not your boy. So they go into the hall brawl. They hit each other like they normally do. You, you, which, you, you get hit because you're trying to get past each other. Which the, fir- the first, because it's a best out of three competition, they met in the middle. Yeah. And Nelson didn't go anywhere when Nelson Nelson's um, good guy arc is just on the up. Like Nelson mm-hmm. has nothing but good guy things happening over the last couple seasons. 
And this is another one. He goes in there, heart of a lion. He just goes to battle with this dude who is taller than him by five inches, six inches. Mm -hmm. He had about 50 pounds. Weighs him by 50 pounds. Meets him in the middle. And he's pushing. They're pushing back and forth, pushing back and forth. You know what's funny is they they haven't done this in a while, but they had a uh, similar to a Heroes versus Villain season way back in the day. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Nelson just moved from the... Good guys versus bad guys. Yeah, good guys versus bad guys. Nelson just moved from being probably not on that season... To on the good guys season. To being on the good guys season. Him and Corey, good guys. Fessy, badass. Which is funny because Corey would have been a bad guy. Yeah. And I think this moves both of them. To the good guys side. Yeah. Good guys versus badasses. And Or if they bring rivals back, that's definitely one. Yeah. So okay. So in this in this thing, okay, they meet in the middle. Fessy literally picks Nelson up two different times and slams him in the dirt. Yeah. Picks him his body up, his lower half, and smashes him into the dirt. You don't do that to your friend. He rips up the visor of Nelson's helmet and has his hands in his face. He was rubbing dirt in his eyes. He grabbed the sand in the pit. And rubbed it in his eyes. You don't do that to your friend. You don't do that to your friend. He turns his helmet so he can't really see. He has his hand on his face. He rips the visor clean off. It's the dirtiest place I've ever seen in a challenge. And this is his friend. So, as we've talked about, he's already made the social betrayal. But now everyone is watching this competition. And they're seeing him do this too. Yeah. And they're like, oh, come, oh, the gallery, the whole yeah. gallery. Come on, come on, man. I, so we went from, uh, I don't know if we're cool or not, but like we might be able to work together, to, well, now I can't trust you. Well, now I really, really can't trust you, to now I want nothing to do with you. Let me push it a little further over the edge for you. We talked about the ferocious battle that happened in the previous, uh, the previous Daily Challenge. Right. On top of the building, on top of the, the truck. There's a scene in this episode where Devin is, where, where Corey is talking to Nelson outside. Uh huh. Um, Corey grabs Nelson's hand and like pulls it. Yeah. Nelson dislocated his thumb in that challenge. Ooh. He didn't popped it back in himself. And they didn't tell um, any medics because they didn't want him to get pulled like Nicole did and like Lip did. Didn't know that. Corey and Fessy are the only ones that knew his hand was compromised. Damaged. Yeah. While they were in the sand, Fessy was stepping on his hand. Of course he was. Yeah. Nothing shocks me with this dude anymore. Correct. Correct. I'm like actually getting upset, like thinking about it because the medics told him, told Nelson, we could just call it off and send you home yeah. before the challenge because they said you can't fall your hand up. Yeah. Like you probably wouldn't have been cleared if you said something. Right. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm going to go. So for Fessy to know that, and while he's grabbing his visor and putting dirt in his face, you see his his foot on his hand. I saw, I saw him stomping the hand purposely, and I was like, that's dirty. I didn't realize that his hand was already hurt. It was already dirty. That makes it even worse. Yeah, Fessy is one of the worst people I've seen, and I am disgusted by his play. And there's... I'll listen to the Bill Simmons chief, uh, the Bill Simmons David Jacoby uh, podcast before we recorded ours, uh-huh. and they re- they go through the show, and I think Bill said it 
best. He said, you know, some heels you watch and you like love to hate them. Yeah. It's been, it's been a long time since you had a heel that you just hate to hate. Yeah. <laughs> and Bessie is that guy now. Yeah. In wrestling, like, you have heels that work the crowd. And, like, I'm booing you out of respect. Yeah. I'm not booing Fessy out of respect. No, I just hate him. Yeah. I am not excited for him. I don't want him to win. And despite all of this, Nelson put up a hell of a fight yeah. that first round. And Fessy barely beat him to the button. The first time. The first time. But you saw it. He broke his will. Oh, and then on top of that, TJ then said the second time, hey, don't play dirty this time. We're going to go a second time. Yeah. TJ calls it out. TJ never calls it out. It was just, it was so egregious. So the second time, because again, best out of three, Fessy met him about two thirds of the way in. Like Fessy was already two thirds of the way on and Nelson is way faster than. Yeah, but he's, his will is broken. His, his will is broken. broken and Fessy just blew him up. Yeah. Fessy gets through. Fessy wants a cha- challenge. Yeah. Fessy tries to give him a hug afterwards. Don't touch me. And Nelson literally pushes him off. Corey like laughs. He's like, yeah. take it off me, man. Get that yeah. off me, man. Because <laughs> like it, everything we just we just talked about, the dirt in the face, the visor ripoff, the hand situation. Only two people know about the hand situation at this time. Yeah. And one of them used it to his advantage. Yeah, we're not cool. Right. We are far from cool. Far from cool. Um, Nelson said he has not spoken to that man since. I don't blame him. Fessy has sent him texts apologizing and whatnot. Has not responded to any of them. That's cool. Doesn't um, care. Yeah, I don't next care. Next time we'll see him is on the next season. That's the next time we'll see him. With all that being said, Nelson goes home. He doesn't really have much. TJ gives him the chance to say something. He said, that's it for you this season because he knows Nelson will be back, especially after that ferocious performance. Well, that ferocious performance and being betrayed like that. Yeah. Because TJ be knows what's going on. Yeah. So when that happens... The next betrayal from Fessy comes in the completion of his heel turn. I forgot about I forgot about this too, but I was already mentally checked out on this dude. And so he then they say you can stay with your partner, you can take on Amber, or you can take you can infiltrate, do what mm-hmm. you want to do. He goes and gives a ton of kudos to Anissa, which he never wanted to be with Anissa, right? But you would have thought that that was going to mean that he was going to stay. Yeah. He then shocks literally everyone and decides to blow up Casey's game as well and takes her from Leroy. Which, Anissa was his only lifeline left. Anissa, Anissa has so much social clout in this game, she could have protected him, despite listen, everything he just did. I love listening to the podcast with Tori and Anissa because it gives me a lot of the inside stuff. I'm going to tell it all to you so you don't even got to listen to it. Apparently, Tori and Anissa... Fessy had told them both that he was going to be keeping Anissa if he ever got, went down there. Wow. He told Tori that. He told Anissa that. Tori would have never sent him down there if he knew that it was going to switch up Anissa's chances. 100%. Why would I... If if I'm Tori and Anissa is my number one in this game and my number one has one of the best male competitors in the game, he's... We keep calling him a big dumb idiot like Josh, but like he's decent... He has decent faculties for this game. I mean, he, he, was, he was almost in the NFL. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm not talking about physical. Like, mentally, he's all right. Eh. He's all right. He's, he's a terrible, not, terrible he, strategically because all this, this, this was blunder but, after blunder after blunder. But I'm saying like memorization, puzzles, oh, yeah, things yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. Like, things that when you get to the, the, the finale, 
his mental game isn't going to kill him the way that it has killed other players. Right. Physically, he could carry Anissa through the finale. Yeah. And I, I literally mean like he can give her a piggyback ride through right. the finale. You know, he could. He could. Anissa social game is the best in the house. One of the best, if not the best. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like Kyle's really good. CT's is really good. But Anissa's social game is top, top notch. notch, top notch. She knows where her physical shortcomings are, but she knows puzzles. Mm-hmm. That can be my thing. She knows that socially I can maneuver us through this house where we won't go in unless we want to. Yep. And she's got like between the two of them, they had a finger in every alliance. Right. And he just blew all of that. up. Blew all that. And then ruined Casey's game. Who was really making moves uh, socially, especially being paired with Leroy. Yeah. Who him and Kim have a lot of, of clout in the house. People were trying, were actively trying to get Leroy to the end. Yeah. People were actively trying like Casey, eh, but people were trying to get Leroy to the end. And then Fessy goes and picks Casey and blows that up. Leroy's now with Anissa. Mm-hmm. Michi is now paired with Amber. My, my favorite comment after all of that was Anissa was like my chocolate brother. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've been friends for a long time. Man. Yeah. They've been long enough for each other for a long Which, time. Which those two actually had the most seasons after yeah. Wes. After Wes, yeah, because CT has been, had been banned for a while. Yeah. Uh, but not the most years. He has the most years and then Anissa. Yeah, but Anissa, this is season 14. Leroy, this is season 12. I mm-hmm. think this is season 10 for CT. And then Nani's like season 10, yeah. 10, 11. Um, fun fact, uh, unfortunately, we'll never see it. But apparently there was a Michi live Amber love triangle that was would have played out really well in this episode. But really? we never got to see it. Huh. Because Michi's now paired with Amber. Yeah. He was paired with Liv. So... Which is why Ember's like great when she got paired with Michi and like you don't see you don't know anything about it. That's also, why. also, back to the more of the Fessy heel turn. We didn't even discuss how he tried to shoot his shot with Gabby and got shot down. Yeah, she said he has no game. They're yeah, gonna but, kiss or something later. But no, but like everyone is saying, he we all know he's in the Tory, and because Tory's taken, he's coming over here and trying to talk to Gabby. Yeah, because this is what he does, man. Tory's like uh, Fessy's just like the worst kind of person. Obviously, I'm I'm. I'm excited to watch him, his demise. I hate this dude. The, the biggest problem is if we keep getting physical challenges, how do you get him out? Oh, what you do is you just keep, you just put him, put him in. Over and put over? put him in because he already has a school. doesn't matter. There's only 10 of them. Yeah. So it's either one or go home anyway. I would rather have him not be in a final. That's another thing, okay. right? Is that he doesn't seem to realize that I don't want you in a final. You're a very physical person. Mm-hmm. I don't want you in the final at all. So, since there's only a few skulls, I would much rather try to take one off you than off Devin at this point. So, there's still open skulls right now. If they keep throwing him in and the women claim six or seven skulls, what happens? Because it's supposed to be five and five. So then you have seven girls in the final and three guys. And that's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. There's only ten skulls. Huh. I mean, right now, the between the women, there's only... Two ladies that have skulls? There's two of each. No, there's, th- there's three. There's three guys that have skulls. I forget. I always forget about uh, Kyle. Kyle has a skull. Devin has a skull. And Fessy now has Fessy a skull. Fessy has a skull. And then on the girl side. Natalie has a skull. Mm-hmm. And. That's it. Just Natalie. One oh, girl Oh, because both the girls got hurt. That's right. Yeah, one girl skull. So, so 
I think we're just gonna get some women's elimination. Well, realistically, six and four. No, I think what's gonna happen. I think it's going to be five and five. But I think what's gonna end up happening is the skull, the women will not have to go back in as often to get their skulls. Right. Like uh, the dudes with the skulls are going to be banging heads. They're going to have to. And those, I think they're going to set aside those girl skulls because otherwise you we're talking about a potentially seven and three. Uh, wrapping this up. Uh, do you know what the dumbest thing is? CJ. Besides Fessy and Josh. It's about Fessy. I read somewhere that this is the first of five hall brawls this season. What? There will be five hall brawls. There's going to be other opportunities for Fessy to go in and have a hall brawl. He chose that the one against his friend was the one he was going to take. (sighs) Obviously, he doesn't know there's going to be more hall brawls, but he felt like betraying his friend this early in the game was the most important way for him to get a skull. So here's the thing. The next time there's a male elimination and a hall brawl shows up, I can't wait to see his face. He's like, Oh, no. Oh. But like, but here's the thing is they had the, f- when he was the double agent with the Nisa, the pole wrestling in the ground, they had the pole wrestling in the ground. He's like, I didn't know what it was. There's a ring. There is a small ring inside the ring. And that's it. And Joseph is down there. And Joseph is down there. Do you think there's a puzzle? He's a do you think you're like, idiot. do you think TJ is about to walk out there and hand you a Sudoku? Like, He's come on. Dumb idiot, Siege. It's a big, dumb idiot. My head hurts. Well, clear it up because let's finish up the show. What What is your final thoughts? I want to talk about what happened on Wednesday in our country. Wednesday started out. June 6th. June, I mean, January 6th. Jan, January 6th. Wednesday started out real great. And I know we're, we're a competition podcast and we te- we try not to be too political. So I'm going to open this by phrasing that. There was a couple of Senate runoff elections in Georgia, which is a competition. Late, late into night, we find out that Raphael Warnock won one of the runoffs. So we're all watching the news coverage on Wednesday morning, trying to find out, are the Dems going to take the uh, the Senate? I'm not going to lie. That's who I'm cheering for. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So two case dimmies. Mm-hmm. I I want them to have the Senate. I want Biden to have a a free pass for at least two years. As this is going on, I decide, hey, I'm a, I'm gonna go work out like I do in the morning. Um, go to the gym, come home, and people have invaded the Capitol. Yeah. So they're just throngs. It's a riot. On the, the steps of the Capitol, people are inside the Capitol building. The Capitol has not been breached since the War of 1812. Right. If you don't want to get in there, you, like, if you want to get in there, you don't get in. It doesn't matter. you got to be invited. There's a riot that goes all day, which, by the way, congratulations, John Ossoff. Buried the lead, just like the news got buried that he won. So, yeah, the Dems did take the Senate. 2K Stimmies, baby! But... The, this riot of Trump supporters, Yep, they stopped the count of the certification of the Electoral College vote, which, another competition, because although, although that was a competition, it was, it was a formality. 
like that vote was a formality to wrap up the competition from November 3rd, but it was, you know, that competition was still going on. Little did you know, there's extra quarters, baby. We're right. still playing. Right. Like Buffalo Wild Wings sent this one to super overtime. Yeah. So they breach the Capitol. They go in. They wreck the building. And the police do nothing. Nothing. They, nothing. And I mean, this is the day that it's happening. So I don't have the hindsight of now knowing that they dropped the gates. They let people in. Cops walked a woman down the stairs holding her hand. And the reason why I bring this all up is because less than 24 hours earlier, we had gotten the Jacob Blake news that the cop would not be charged for the shooting. Nothing. And I was very surprised on Wednesday night to hear that the NBA players were not going to cancel games in protest. I fully expected them to cancel games and protest the way that they did in the bubble. And you did see demonstrations like everybody kneeling during the anthem. You had a game where after the opening tip, all the players knelt on the floor. You had, you know, very outspoken messages from Doc Rivers and Steve Kerr after their games and their press conferences. But what the biggest takeaway as an African-American male is, how come I can't riot like that? <laughs> like, I know it's been said a bunch of times, but if that crowd had a little bit more pigment, mm -hmm. it would not have been only five deaths. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have only been 60 arrests. Mm -hmm. Like, how did it take hours for the National Guard to get there? And of the five deaths, only one person was shot. Only one person was shot, and it was a warning shot. They fired mm -hmm. one shot. And it clipped her. It got her. Yeah. It killed her. But the other three three people died from like medical emergencies and then an officer passed from from assault. Assault from the people that killed him. The the Blue Lives Matter crowd. Yeah. And I'm sitting here watching this, and as you, as you so eloquently put, it's not about them being shot. It's about why do they shoot us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that's the thing. I didn't want them to also get shot, but I also just, how about we stop shooting us? Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, you have now proven that you know how to try to de-escalate without incident. Vi yeah. You know how to de-escalate without violence. You know how to disperse a crowd peacefully so when me, that crowd is not peaceful. Right. So how about we start using those things when there's a little bit more pigmentation? Yeah, but... A little that, bit more melanin. But that's that's a pipe dream. And I'm, I'm very sad to say it, but throughout the day, you keep hearing, this is not who we are as America. Sorry, fam, it is, though. That I know who we are. This is exactly who you guys are. And, it, you know, like we go through all of 2020 and you have the Black Lives Matter protests and you seem to have a racial awakening in this country of, I didn't know it was that bad. I mean, this this was on full display. It's still that bad. Yeah, for people of color, this is, this is it is that bad because you that the group of it's not because they're black would have had all the vindication in the world if the cops used force, mm -hmm. and the cops didn't. They didn't hardly use any force. 
And they're waving Confederate flags, Trump flags. You know what's funny? The Confederacy never made it to the Capitol. This was the first time a Confederate flag flew in the Capitol. Let's <laughs> say they did on, on Wednesday. <laughs> this is the first time. The Confederacy failed in 1865, and their flag just got there. Yeah. Apparently, Trump's efforts to slow down the USPS actually worked because the flag finally made it. <laughs> Can't imagine that. Oh. Imagine that. It never made it there during the war, yet it made it there on January 6, 2021, because some some non-Antifa, because apparently that's what the rumor is now, is that it was Trump supporters, they were disguised, they were Antifa's disguised. Come on. Come on. I, I am at a loss for words, as I have been during a lot of the last year. But just, they, they come out. They rush the building. They're allowed in. There's, they, they have weapons. You find pipe bombs in the area. You find a cooler full of Molotovs in the area. They're looking for members of Congress to assault. They're actively looking for them. And nothing. A dude just got arrested today. Time of recording is 3 o'clock on Friday the Eighth, just today, the dude that sat at Nancy Pelosi's desk got arrested. Today, two days after the incident, there's a video, there's footage. He does interviews where he said that he left a quarter for the envelope he took from her desk, that it wasn't her desk, it's his desk because he pays taxes, he loans it to her, and he did more on that desk than she ever has ever done. He left a quarter when he took her envelope. That's why that was his property because he paid for it. Yep. He said that in an interview. And yet it took two days to arrest two him. Two days to arrest him. There would have been thousands of arrests on Wednesday. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands, hundreds to thousands, hundreds. I, there would have been thousands of arrests. Well, first of all, if it was a BLM protest, they never would have took the Capitol. They would have not got that far. They wouldn't have gotten that far. If they did get that far... There would have been far more deaths. If they did get that far, there would be far more arrests. And finally, the fact that these people were originally being called patriots just disgusts me. The fact that they're calling themselves patriots, the fact that the news was still calling them protesters, they're domestic terrorists. They're seditionists. They are terrorists. They're insurrectionists. Well, CNN called them seditionists from the jump. Yes, and I am a fan of CNN. The fact that uh, ABC News was calling this a treasonous act from the jump. Kudos to them. It That's what it was. It's all insane. It's all, you can just watch it in disbelief. But what else can you do but just hope that this show comes to an end January 21st, 20th, 21st, and then we get a new season of America, the show. I mean, People got to be watching this season finale of America and be like, man, this show's wild. <laughs> I really hope we get picked up for a new season because the way things are going, I don't know. It is. It starts the, 20, the 20th. I hope it's less dramatic instead of the most dramatic season of America yet. <laughs> We're like, we forget how young of a country America is, but the things that we're seeing now are things that you see in third world countries. 
Yeah. And I, and I'm not like the fact that we can't get COVID under control. The fact that we have people breaching the Capitol, the fact that we're having riots because we can't treat our people properly. Right. This is who we are. <laughs> this is who we've always been. Yeah. CJ, you got anyone you want to, anything you want to promote? I'm going to really enjoy these football games. It'll be two days of escape after everything we've seen this week. Where are you at on socials? You can find me on Twitter at Keyboard Sarcasm. Find me on the gram, CJ Lee 04. You can find me at KG Fury, my boring follow, but follow me on Facebook, man. If you check out my Facebook, I usually got some like poignant social commentary on there when I write. Also, Fury Podcast Network, like, rate, subscribe. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere you can find podcasts. Fury Podcast Network, also find the winner takes all feed directly. Um, I think that's it, CJ. I think that's everything. We'll be back next week to talk about all of these shows and the football games and looking forward to the new football games. Yep. Go Saints. Go go Niners. Oh, Niners are not in. Oh, my bad. Hey, we'll talk about basketball, too. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> well, with that, uh, say bye. Bye. Bye.